Hello, and welcome to the Mission Inspire podcast, a production of the National Medal of Honor Museum Foundation. My name is Mo Barrett, a leadership speaker and retired Air Force Colonel. This month, it is my tremendous honor to welcome Medal of Honor recipient, Petty Officer Bob Ingram, to the Mission Inspire podcast for the latest episode in our Courage Conversations series. Petty Officer Ingram enlisted in the U.S. Navy in 1963 when he was just 18 years old. While serving as a hospital corpsman in Vietnam, his platoon came under attack from 100 enemy fighters. Despite being wounded himself, Petty Officer Ingram crawled across the battlefield to administer aid for several hours. His intrepid actions saved many lives and earned him the Medal of Honor. I'm sitting here and I'm looking at Doc Ingram's personal coin, and right on there beneath the Medal of Honor, it says, it's not about me, it's the team. And I think that's really an important message because you wear the medal for your team and are being recognized uh, for something that you did for your team. Yeah? I mean, that's, that's you, like you said, your coin says it all. Yes. And I think that's really important. But so how did you get into the military in the first place? Is that something that's been in your family? Oh, no. My, my family was basically did construction and what have you. When I went in the Navy, I, I did their typical testing, you know, and uh, I ended up with an aviation electronics guarantee. I had been doing bitch work for a couple of years in high school at that point, so I scored very high on that test. And uh, when I got in boot camp, I kept thinking about sitting around a table, soldering and unsoldering condensers and resistors <laughs> and chucking them. And, and uh, I just wasn't someone who could sit at a table that long. Yep. Uh, I got sick while I was in boot camp and got put in dispensary, and we had an outbreak of meningitis. Uh, so we were on in isolation, and uh, having been in there with, with those guys, uh, the big noticeable thing was the fact that these corpsmen worked 24-7 isolation. They didn't go in or out. They stayed there the entire time, wow. exposing themselves to it. Uh, meningitis is not a joke. Yeah, it kills a lot of people. We actually didn't lose anybody in the, at that point, but uh, the important part was watching these corpsmen do their job. Yeah, wow. I had never experienced. Yeah, someone who put out that much. Yeah, for anything. So when I got out of dispensary, I went down to the Navy and, and said, uh, "I want to change my MOS." Wow. And uh, they kind of laughed at me because I had the best school the Navy had. Aviation electronics at that point yeah. was the best one they had. And, uh, you know, they said, must be something wrong with you, but you got it. There's plenty of people to fill your, your billet. So I went to hospital corps school. I had no idea at that point that they sent Marine, uh, Navy corpsmen into the Marine Corps. Right, right. <laughs> Ignorance will get you every time. <laughs> uh, immediately, I found myself uh, going to Fleet, Mar Fleet Marine School, and uh, it, it was a, a real kicker. My my whole thought was, I didn't join the Marine Corps; I joined the yeah, Navy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one of my instructors decided I would be better in that position, and he was probably right. So did you, you have ever had like a, a, an affinity for medical work at all? No, 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 no. That is fast. So just by what you witnessed while you were in the infirmary, yes. you said, I want to be part of that team. 
And and it was the big part was was their involvement in what they were doing. They mm-hmm. believed in what they were doing. Yep. Uh, they they never faltered. I had never experienced anything like that before. People That's... start and people quit. It, uh, people alter their ways, but uh, these guys were a hundred percent. Even though you you look at it, maybe maybe it wasn't the end of the world, mm. but it was important, and it was important to them. Right. And they stuck in there like that was it. Right. And this is basically the way it went when I went with the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. I took care of the men. They took care of me. Yeah. When you mentioned earlier, too, we were talking about how you kind of had to, sometimes you were a Marine, sometimes you were a corpsman, and you had to kind of pivot back and forth. And so is that a decision you made or just the circumstance that would pop up? Well, a little bit of both. Um Navy corpsmen are actually non-combatants. They're not even supposed to carry weapons. Uh, Anybody who walks out on a battlefield and is there daily and goes into a firefight daily without a weapon is an absolute fool. Yep, yep. (laughs) So so I picked up the first weapon that was available and there was always plenty of weapons available. Mm, Wow. (laughs) I learned how to use those weapons and those Marines taught me everything they knew. Yep. Because one, one more guy with a rifle, one more guy with a weapon makes a tremendous percentage difference in the middle of a firefight. Absolutely, absolutely. And you were, so you were picking up a weapon, and so we'll flash back just to the 28th of March in 66, but not so much of what was happening, but what was your thought process about taking care of your men, and again, toggling back between a Marine and a Navy corpsman, a healer, and a, and a, a combatant. What, well, it, what goes through your mind? It was a combination of both of those things. I mean, the the, uh, the stuff hit the fan, and we walked into a reinforced regiment of NVA, and wow. uh, they were knocking us down immediately. I mean, my entire uh, platoon was almost decimated in less than five minutes. Jeez. Uh, my job was to take care of them, right? Well, first you go over the hill with them fighting, and then you fight your way down to them to try and take care of them. Wow. And uh, most of them, unfortunately, were dead. Mm-hmm. But uh, then you, you fight to get out of there. Uh, I stayed down on the forward slope of the hill most of the morning. Uh, gunshot wounds or no gunshot wounds wow. didn't make any difference. You keep going until you can't go anymore. Uh, when I did get back, I had four gunshot wounds in me. Uh, none of them obviously were life-threatening. Uh, one through the face did not help. Uh, I, I couldn't hear anything, couldn't see too much, but um, I could still shoot. Wow. That's an amazing, that, that's an amazing story of resilience. Like you, you think about today, if people get hurt or something, they just kind of curl up into themselves, but that you are so, again, taking care of the team and putting the team above your own needs. Um, the, well, the team was what it was all about. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you went over the top of that hill, uh, of course we had a lessened number in the team anyway, but we went over it with the intentions of winning, not losing. Right, yep. Uh, unfortunately, we kind of lost that day, but still we went. Yep. And all of them did the same thing. It's, it's all a team effort. If yeah. it hadn't been, we wouldn't have survived at all. Yeah. Well, and like you mentioned, too, one more person with a weapon is a, a, 
a greater increase in the the potential of the team. So it's not just <laughs> like everybody thinks, well, it's just my little contribution, but that contribution makes a big impact. And mm -hmm. so I think there's a valuable lesson in there too for people to remember. And and as a corpsman, the enemy did not expect you to be right. You're the, you're the secret weapon. A lot weapon. of psychology there. Sure, absolutely. And that's that's a tough thing. But when you came home, uh, you then became a registered nurse back after. Was that while you were still in service, or after you came back from Vietnam? No, or? after I got out of, of the Navy. Uh, you know, you keep thinking about what am I going to do now? Uh -huh. Well, I had several limitations to say the least. <laughs> Uh, my dad was in construction all his life. Of course, I could have taken over his business, but I wasn't physically able. Yeah, right. Uh, you've been uh, working on people and trying to help people for the past four and a half years. Um, that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you have a calling for that. So how long did you serve as a registered nurse? I worked as a registered nurse in a hospital for off and on a year, and then I went into family practice. And I was with the same physician in family practice. We started with one physician and ended up with five. So I was the operations manager at that point. I had like 21 employees and five physicians. And that's what we did until uh, 2019. Wow. And wow. they forced retired me. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> That's great that you have such healing uh, skill sets because there's not a lot of people who can uh, can take care of other people. And again, you are so outward focused. And I think that's that's one thing when we talk to other recipients is no one says it's about me. All the recipients say it's about the team and it's about it's about the people to the left and the right of them. And I love that not, not only did you witness that with the Navy Corpsman, you became a Navy Corpsman, but you continued that spirit of helping others uh, through medical and through medicine and things like that for so exactly. long. That, that's really, really powerful. It's, it's a hard thing to get away with once you're in that business. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is what keeps you alive. Yep. Yep. When it's I think, what you, yeah. What you do. Yep. And I think um, so many people are focused, again, out. Right. Or no, they're focused in, and you are reminding people to focus out. And uh, and one thing we were talking about. So we're sitting right now in Arlington, Texas, and um, we are looking at the construction site of the uh, the museum. And you've you've got to see it when it was just ground, right? And yes. You were there at groundbreaking, and and they brought in shovels of dirt from your hometown, and then mm -hmm. you shoveled that right there and broke the ground. What was it that last year? Two years ago? Well, the, the museum is going to give an opportunity for uh, the public to hear the stories uh, of the guys who won them or received the Medal of Honor. They didn't win it. They received it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, the stories are varied, very, very varied, but they're all the same. Hmm. Uh, they all generally go in the right, same direction. Mm -hmm. Um Otherwise, where would they learn all these different stories and see how all of these people are individuals just like they are right. with, with the same goal, same thing in mind? Otherwise, they would never hear it. Right. Well, and then, you know, one thing we were talking about, too, so the actions when you were with your, um, with your Marine Battalion happened in 1966, but you didn't receive your Medal of Honor until 1995. 
Now, there used to be a statute of limitations, and that was, what, three years? Well, I received the medal in 98. 98, okay. It started in 95. Okay. Trying to get it done. And then so how did, so you enabled other people to be recognized for actions that had happened outside of that statute of limitations, right? Well, they, they, they didn't happen outside this. The action was, was prior to the law at that point. Okay. It was, the law indicated you had to have it uh, filed and accepted within a three-year period of the action. Ah, okay. Which I was way far out. Yep. Uh, the people who had put me in for it to begin with, which I didn't know anything about, mm -hmm. uh, thought that was pretty crappy. Mm -hmm. And they said, we're going to do something about this. Well, they ran into block walls. They ran into politics. Mm -hmm. Politics says, nope, nope, nope. I mean, the lady in Washington, D.C., uh, on the uh, awards committee told me flat plank. She says, it ain't going to happen. Hmm. It ain't going to happen. I've been here for 35 years, and it hadn't happened yet, you know. Yeah, and then she was telling that to some Marines, and what do Marines think of being no, told she, they she couldn't was, do something? <laughs> exactly. Uh, she was at my presentation. Nice. The first one she'd ever been invited to. Wow. And she was the one who was heading up this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, she was tickled to death. That's fantastic. Well, and that's one thing, too, about the Medal of Honor is it's it's bigger than politics. Like, um, so many issues we politicize, but these are to be recognized and to wear and receive the Medal of Honor on behalf of the people to the left and right of you, on behalf of your team. Um, that is bigger than politics. And I think that's one thing that we're seeing with the museum approval in Congress and the votes on the monument in Congress is that they are unanimous, just like getting rid of this three-year statute of limitations. Mm. And uh, did, now, did you invite that woman to the to the ceremony, or did yes? That is awesome. I had my my daughter and my son there, and my wife. Mm. I had no other relatives there. Everybody else that was there, besides this lady in the awards committee, uh, were my guys from Vietnam, which was politically hard to do. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to get in there and get their picture taken, all the... Um, I talked to the senators, I talked to the representatives, and I said, here's my request. I want your seat. Hmm. They didn't particularly care for that. That's their opportunity to get their photographs, you know. Yep, yep. I want your seat. The Commandant of the Marine Corps was willing to give up his seat. I didn't want him to. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so we had the entire room overfilled, and it was overfilled with all the guys that I served with in Vietnam. Which is your family, right? Yeah. I mean, yep, those are your brothers. Those are That's your family. And, again, that's, that's what you do it for. It's not about me. It's the team. And you live that every day, and I love that. You are a great representative of – all the people who have done heroic actions maybe not be recognized, but I love that you can represent that medal and and speak for those who can't speak anymore and, and do those things and be here to represent all of them because I love this. Your coin is amazing, and I'm going to make sure I carry this around with me, but um, I appreciate that. And, again, you talked about um, – we talked about 
when politics uh, get better, it's not about the politics. It's about writing something that isn't right, and it's Correct. about doing the right thing and and fixing those things so that other people can benefit. Because there's been other recipients who have now been able to, because of your, um, because of how your case uh, changed that law. Now there are other people who are able to be recognized for things that they did outside mm -hmm. of that statute, and that's an important thing the pe that that people fight for you. That people um, are about putting putting things and making things right. Um, yeah. That's that says a lot about you as well. And that was pretty much the theme as it went through trying to get approved in Congress, from one to the other was, hey, this is not about politics. Yep. It's not about anything else. You cannot add anything to this bill per his instructions to begin with. So make a wrong right. Yep, and they did. And I love too that, so, um, you know, when we're in the military and we wear the uniform, we're in an elite club because there's not a lot of people who have worn the uniform. Then there's people who have gone into combat like you have, and that's an elite club. And then there are people who have been recognized for heroic actions within, you know, while they're in combat. And that's even a smaller elite club of Medal of Honor recipients. So I know you have uh, different conferences when you all get together and you stay in touch with this small brotherhood of people who have been recipients of the Medal of Honor. Is there any one particular other Medal of Honor recipient who inspires you? Um, no, not really. Uh, keep in mind that wearing this medal is uh, very, very heavy. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a lot of expectations of you. Uh, I don't know about the other guys, but uh, it was a long time between the incident and when I got my medal. Right. Uh, the expectations that they have of you, you know, you got to do everything just yeah. right. And none of us are just right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's perfection and imperfection too. So, but that's that's a good re, that's a good reminder too that being a recipient of this Medal of Honor that is a heavy responsibility because people are watching and people are taking note. Um, but I love how you represent the medal, and I think your your motto of "It's not about me, it's the team" uh, speaks volumes, and it shows through your service. And I'm excited that your story and hopefully this one of your coins will be in the museum for people to see and people to notice. And well, I like to give the coins out to the kids, for uh -huh, one, uh -huh. particularly like high school and above. Great. These are kids who are beginning to think about different things. Yep. Um, people who are employed, uh, say you've got 15 people who work for you, mm -hmm. and you have to talk to them every now and then about something having to do with organization. And you can take the coin and flip it up there and say, um, it's not about me. Yeah. Yep. If we don't have a team, yep. we don't have anything. Yep. When you don't accomplish anything one-on-one, -on -one, and it's, it's a synergistic, when you put two people together, that's actually the power of five people, and five people and five people. You know, you're just, you're multiplying your impact when you work together as a team. And that's a great message, and I love that you have this on your coin, and I love that you were handing these coins out. Um, I'm very honored to be a recipient of one of your coins, so thank you're you welcome. for sharing that with us. And, and thank you for just sitting down and having a conversation with us. So it was quick and painless, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for thank you for spending time with us. We appreciate it. And for folks who want to learn more about the National Medal of Honor Museum, just type in mohmuseum.org. That's mohmuseum.org. 
You can get the latest updates and find out how you can help its mission to inspire America. That's it for us today. Join us next time on the Mission Inspired Podcast.